0: Markets are ripping. Is this a new bull market? And why are the markets so strong when the Fed keeps hiking rates? So let's uh, talk about that for a little bit and you know, kind of digest what's going on. So if you go back to the pandemic, um, when the Fed started stimulating, they cut rates uh, to record low levels. And uh, we got through the pandemic, markets started to recover on the rate cuts, on the stimulus and all of the different things that happened. Uh, and, you know, the markets were ripping prior to that. We, we didn't really get any inflation until the supply chain uh, issues started to arise and demand outpaced supply. And with people staying home, not traveling abroad, abor- they were spending money on, you know, goods around the house and for entertainment at home, things like that. So that kept the economy propped up, kept the consumer spending. We are a consumption-based economy. And then once we come out of the pandemic, and uh we started to, you know, get out and about again. People cut back on spending at home, all of the you know, stay-at-home trade started to diminish and people started, you know, going out to eat again, traveling, entertainment, things like that. Again, consumer spending stimulating the economy. And then when you fast forward to uh 2021, when inflation started running a little bit hot, and the Fed started talking uh about reducing inflation, hiking rates, and started talking the markets down. We're going to jump in and take a look at a little bit of this because I've got some things kind of pegged out on the charts here, in terms of you know Fed rate hikes and things like that. The peak of the market, this is the S and P peak of the market, was right here in January of 2022. The Fed started talking about inflation and potentially hiking rates and things like that, so that was kind of talking the market down in terms of the you know inflation becoming a problem, which you know was affecting uh, consumer spending and earnings. Then we had the invasion right here. Uh, Russia invades Ukraine, February 2022. That obviously spooked the markets, put price, uh, put pressure on gas prices, things like that, which also also really affected inflation. Inflation started spiking, started hitting record record levels, and that's when the Fed, you know, decided that they were going to you know hike rates. You know, we had a couple of meetings prior to that, and they did the first rate hike, 25 basis points, I believe it was. Yeah, there are 25 basis points in March of 17 uh, or March 17, 2022. Then it was 50 basis points. Then it was 75 uh, for four consecutive hikes. And if we look at the action here, so this is the Russia invasion. This is when uh, the markets and investors started to understand after the initial invasion, that it was going to be isolated to Ukraine, that NATO was not going to get involved, things like that. They started to understand. And typically, when you have global conflicts like that, markets can pull back a little bit and then bounce from there once they understand what's going on, even though this was a big scare because you know that was the first major war in Europe uh, since World War II. So right here is the first Fed rate hike of 25 basis points. The market shrugged it off, bounced after that. And then after the comments came out and they started to understand where the Fed was headed, markets dropped, bounced again before the second rate hike of 50 basis points, because again, The markets were not believing the Fed because the Fed was saying inflation was transitory. These rate hikes had no effect on inflation. Inflation was still rising at these times. This was your 50. Then your first 75 basis point rate cut came right here. And you can see the market rebounded pretty good after the first uh, 75 basis point rate hike. So you had 25, 50, 75. Then you had 75 here again. And um, right here in August of 2022, That was the Jackson Hole speech because the markets were rallying in the face of the Fed after two consecutive uh, 75 basis point rate hikes, again, coming off of zero, basically, because they dropped the rates to zero during the pandemic to stimulate the economy. Inflation was running hot. Uh, The Fed was saying inflation was transitory. They said they were going to keep hiking. The markets never believed the Fed. They still don't at this point. Uh, So markets are ripping. This is the famous speech from Jackson Hole where Powell came out and said, Uh, we are going to keep at it until the job is done and that rates are going to be way higher than you think. And there's going to be pain for households and businesses. The market started taking the Fed serious, paired off, had a little bounce, dropped down. This is the second 75 basis point rate hike. The market didn't think they would do it. Drops down to your October low. And that is the last pricing in of major Fed action. The markets just did not think the Fed was going to keep going. Inflation started to subside a little bit and started you know, to come down. Then we had another uh, 75 basis points uh, rate hike. Then we dropped down to, um, let's see, 2550, 75, 1, 2, 3, 4. Then we dropped back to 50. And now we've been on the 25 train, except for this pause right here in uh, the last meeting that the Fed just had in June. And this right here was your March bottom. So why have the markets ripped so hard since March in the face of all of this rate hiking as we can see? We've had basically from zero to five and five and a quarter and we know another rate hike is coming, potentially two, but the markets think that it's gonna be one and done. So why have the markets been ripping since March in light of all of this uh, tightening, all of the rate hikes and things like that? couple of reasons. One, because the consumer is still strong and inflation, although it's coming down, we still have uh inflation. We still have prices rising, but at a slower pace. So you have disinflation. We have not entered deflation yet. So that keeps earnings up, right? The other thing that happened is during the pandemic, companies guided lower with their earnings. Uh, Some of them, you know, removed guidance altogether and said, we just don't know. We can't guide because we don't know what's going to happen. So they've kind of, you know, they had such a low bar to cross And then they've been beating on earnings partially because of inflation. So inflation keeps top line sales up and also uh, keeps earnings up, right? And then companies have been cutting back, laying off because of supply uh, chain issues and things like that. And what they're realizing is with the prices being up where they are, the consumer is still spending. During this whole period, during the pandemic, during everything that was going on, the consumers kept spending, Uh, Because there's a lot of money out there. We saw real estate prices skyrocket, we saw the markets, you know, doing what they're doing, a lot of money being made from, you know, crypto, people getting stimulus checks, so the consumer is still spending, they're spending at higher prices, absorbing inflation, and the more inflation comes down, the more people are spending, because they have more disposable income. Gas prices was the big one. After the invasion of Ukraine, once gas prices came down, that put a lot of disposable income back into, into play in the economy. So companies had guided down their earnings. So they didn't have a high bar to cross. And they've been, you know, beating on earnings because prices are higher, earnings are up, and you know, they're going to stay that way because just look at car dealers and manufacturers. It doesn't make any sense to make more cars, increase demand, which will lower your prices when you can make less cars at higher prices and make more profit. So any company across the board, that's kind of what they've done. They've kept their supply. Down prices up, so their earnings are better. They're laying off employees, trimming the fat, like we saw with Twitter when Elon took over. Like we're seeing with a lot of the big tech tech companies, they're getting rid of redundancies and things like that. We have not seen layoffs, um, you know, in manufacturing or things like that. It's mostly been in the tech sector, uh, and you know, the employment situation still remains very tight, very stressed. Uh, there are more jobs than there are people willing to take them, especially in the service sector. Uh, in the real parts of the economy where a recession would really affect it. So people are still employed. When people are employed, they're spending money. Inflation is coming down. The rate of inflation is coming down. We still have inflation, but the the rate of inflation is coming down. So instead of 9% inflation, we have 3%. Um, So that's still inflation, but it's coming down. Will it come down to 2 or the Fed's target? We'll have to wait and see if that's going to happen. Deflation could potentially be next. But what that also means is that could affect company earnings, uh, you know, top line sales, which will affect earnings as prices come down. They're going to be selling less and they're going to be making less. So if we get into deflation, that is your big risk right there. So another reason that these markets have run so much since March is because this is where the bank situation happened with, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and the other banks uh, where the interest rate uh, policy started to hit the banks because, you know, buying, you um, you know, treasuries and, you know, banking on rates staying low. And then all of a sudden the rates go higher and they have short, you know, long duration treasuries that they had bought um, and, you know, putting, you know, deposits at risk. And then the Fed came out and put, you know, the um, pieces in place to guarantee deposits across the board, which which was, you know, setting up that uh, program that they set up. Uh, for the banks to tap into, which a lot of people called quantitative easing. A lot of people said it was, you know, the Fed bailing out the banks and, you know, pumping liquidity in the markets. So no matter how you look at it, you know, that that um, program that the Fed put in place to backstop the banks was perceived as quantitative easing. You know, the message was also perceivably sent to the markets that we are not going to let the markets fail. We're not gonna let the banks fail. We're not gonna let the markets fail. And ever since then, Powell's tone has really changed and softened. So the markets have taken all of that as a sign that the Fed is going to backstop the banks are going to backstop the markets and they're going to quit raising rates at some point because, you know, their policy has long and variable lags. So they're still waiting for everything to work through the economy, although it has not affected the job market. So the job market is the biggest thing to watch right now in terms of pumping, you know, keeping the economy strong, keeping it pumping. Now, the other thing, let me get rid of some of this stuff here and um, clean this chart up a little bit. This is the S&P. The other thing is the Fibonacci level. So right now the markets are at a very big level in terms of determining, is this going to be a continuation and a retest of the previous all-time highs and then potentially setting in new highs? And these Fibonacci retracement levels are very important. As you can see, the markets get hung up on these Fib levels. We've been following these for a while. Uh, these retracement levels and 786 is your last line of defense. And so far, everything but the Dow has cleared the 786. So what you want to look for now in terms of continuation into a bull market out of this, you know, bear market rally territory into confirmed bull market is a a break of the 786, confirmation on it, and then continuation. And then you're retesting all-time highs. And depending on how that looks from a retest, so you want a break here, you want to confirm, you want to continue up to a retest of all-time highs, a pullback, and then a break above it is what you're really looking for to confirm that that bull market scenario. So everything, the Dow right now is just now breaching that 786 level. The NASDAQ has already breached the 786, didn't even come back to check it. It just blew right through it. Same thing with the S&P, no back check yet. So the expectations, just like at the 702, is that the markets will pull back retest that 786. If you get support, then you have continuation. If it rejects, then you start looking for these downside targets and retest of the levels to the downside. Now, this is barring any kind of a economic event, geopolitical event, anything like that. This is just natural market action because the, uh, the Fed is going to hike 25 basis points. The market already knows that, but the market thinks that's it. The market thinks the Fed's going to be done. The narrative right now that's pulling investors back in is soft landing, which by all indications, it looks like that there, there is a good potential for a soft landing because the job market is so strong, inflation is coming down, and a lot of people seem to think that the Fed is going to be able to pull off this soft landing. But in the background, you have all of the hiking that the Fed has done that arguably hasn't worked its way through the economy yet you know, again, putting pressure on the banks, putting pressure on the shadow bank industry, putting pressure on real estate. A lot of people are expecting real estate to to collapse, commercial real estate and take out the economy. Um, But that's just not a big enough, um, you know, a big enough asset valuation to really affect the overall economy, the momentum in the markets. And it's working itself out piece by piece. These, you know, big buildings are going, going back to, you know, servicers and Uh, lenders, you know, piece by piece, the banks have reduced their exposure to them. So it's not a lot of risk um, to the banking sector right now uh, in terms of, you know, commercial real estate. The residential market is still strong. There's still no inventory. Uh, I know there's a lot of people calling for a housing market crash and things like that, but the data just isn't there to support that. There's still less less inventory out there. Most of the loans, you know, 90% of loans are healthy, healthy borrowers, good down payments, things like that, low interest rates. So it's going to take you know much higher rates above 7%. Rates have come back lately with the treasury uh, market. This is the VIX here. Uh, here's the Dixie getting a little bit of a bounce, but uh, the 10 year has pulled back, keeping rates a little bit below 7% right now. They were when the you know treasury was at 4%, the 10 year rates were up above 7% in the housing market. Um, so rates have to be above 7% much longer to really affect the housing market. And, uh, you know, people don't have to move anymore for jobs like they used to because of the work from home environment that's changed with the whole pandemic. Uh, oil has continued to bounce a little bit. And this is a big one. Gas prices are a big one. But we saw you know during the height of everything, June, back in June of 2022, oil was up to $122 a barrel. You know, that was that was a pretty high level where gas was approaching $5 a gallon. It's come back a little bit where gas is, you know, around $3 a gallon, which is still a lot. Uh, but people have absorbed that. It used to be that $3 was the threshold where people really started to pull back. But again, the consumer is pushing through inflation at this level. So the real question is, will inflation get back down to the Fed's target? Will we see double peak inflation? And you know, how is that going to really affect um, earnings for companies and, and things like that? So uh, we'll take a look at Bitcoin here. Bitcoin has been in a strong uptrend. This is the trend line with higher lows and higher highs. So the key is if there is a pullback, this is your first line of defense right here. And then your next major support is 24,700, which has been resistance going back to August of 2022, resistance back in February, of 2023, and then support back here in June of 2023. And, you know, but obviously the trend line is first and, it, you know, it could potentially tag the trend line and then keep on going. And if it does that, then, you know, this, you know, uptrend will be uh, solid and maintained into the halving. And generally, you know, the market will pull back um, into that halving and then take off afterwards. But so far, Bitcoin has continued to maintain. And again, a lot of momentum here from the ETF filings that the ETFs uh, do get uh, approved or look like they're moving towards approval. I think Bitcoin will maintain this level and uh, continue on from there. And then, you know, we'll see a retest pretty quickly of the previous all-time highs upon a uh, word of approval. If it just looks like it's moving down the path of approval, you might see a quick jump up into the 40s again, awaiting final approval to jump and retest these highs. If for some reason it gets turned down, then you might see some retests of these Previous levels of 24, and then we'll just take it level by level and go from there. And of course, it's still a risk asset, it, regardless of what's going on. It's still going to follow the markets. And if there's an event in the markets, it's going to affect Bitcoin. Um, Ethereum, You know, same thing, kind of following the path of Bitcoin in the same kind of an uptrend here. A little, little different trend line, but still uh, an uptrend, nonetheless, of higher lows and higher highs, which obviously is your uptrend, just like the markets have been putting in with relatively no pullback. XRP was the big story of the day with the um, lawsuit potentially being settled and uh, the judge's ruling that XRP, the token in and of itself is not a security uh, just based on its existence. Uh, so that was a big ruling for XRP, but there are still other issues. The SEC is likely to approve, uh, uh, to appeal uh, you know, that decision. So we'll see how all that shakes out and the rest of the altcoin market you know just kind of hanging out consolidating waiting for you know bitcoin etfs waiting for the uh you know ultimate decision in the ripple lawsuit case and things like that basically in consolidation uh before a potential move up uh once bitcoin does its thing and you get the typical uh rotation from bitcoin into uh ethereum large caps mid caps and small caps into your you know which is obviously your alt season so Uh, these are the things that I'm looking at and I'll see you on the next video.